Oh, so you just got in from work, huh? Yep, just got in. <laughs> Here I am, fresh from the bus, ready to talk about Berenstein Bears. I hope so. I hope you're ready to talk about those bears because that that's exactly what we're going to do. I, yeah. Yeah, I don't have anywhere else to go with that. That's just <laughs> that's the, the idea behind it. I mean, I have two other podcasts. I guess we could talk about Guillermo del Toro or Beverly Cleary if it... <laughs> I'm not prepared. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I'm 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 ready to talk about these bears because they got into some hijinks. They sure did. This is going to be a. This is a. This is a big one. This is not only a big one. This is a big confusing one. Yeah, there's a lot of characters, yeah. a lot of moving parts. Yeah, it's a surprising amount of moving parts in this children's story. You know what the kids love is like antique furniture fraud. Yeah, and like a lot of talk about like how you can spot. A forgery in the world of antique <laughs> furniture collecting yeah i mean that's valuable valuable skill set we're teaching the kids i mean someone did their homework i'm just not sure if it was the <laughs> right homework it's like they could they didn't stop to think if they should Welcome back to Deep in Bear Country, a Berenstain Bearcast. I'm your host, Phil Gonzalez, and this week we are back in the world of the big chapter books. Now, we've been talking about Bear Scouts recently, and that's a whole other part of this complicated universe, but we are firmly back where I am comfortable, and that is talking about the prime universe Berenstain Bears continuity with the kids and the classroom and all the wackiness that goes on with that. And since we are back in the big chapter books, that means we are back in the world of weird crimes and attempted <laughs> murder, I guess, because that <laughs> seems to be where this series is heading as we get deeper and deeper into it. We are discussing 1996's The Berenstain Bears and Maniac Mansion, not to be confused with another maniac mansion that's more well known and popular but of course i cannot discuss these books alone i mean i can i can and have frequently discussed these books alone but i rarely have fun doing it and it's a lonely existence so i've brought in a guest who is fully prepared to talk about the machinations of weirdness inside a giant dwelling and also the presence of quote-unquote ghosts question mark <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to introduce you to Sammy Campbell. She podcasts about Jane Austen on Excessively Diverted, and she writes about books, ghosts, and feelings at HighlyIllogical.net. Welcome to the show, Sammy. Thank you so much, Phil. I can't wait to talk about this uh, this wonderful novel here. It is a bit of a novel. 21 chapters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a solid story. It is. <laughs> so do you have any like do you uh, but starting right off do you have any kind of history with the Berenstain Bears did you ever read them as a kid or anything I did um when I was a kid my grandma's house um she had a one of those you know those coffee tables that are glass on the top and there's a shelf underneath so my grandmother had one of those large uh this large square coffee table that was like that and underneath in the shelf um, was completely filled with both Berenstain Bears books and uh, Little Critter by Mercer Mayer books. So I learned how to read when I was very young and I loved reading and my grandma kept it stocked with new book, new ones that I hadn't read every time I visited. So I've read a lot of the Berenstain Bears. It's been a while, but I've read a lot of them. <laughs> it has appropriately been a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool that it was Berenstain Bears and Little Critter because those two series mm -hmm. go strangely hand in hand with each other. Yeah, it's it seems like a good pairing always. Um, I, I was partial to the Little Critter books mainly because I thought the Berenstain Bear books had a particular smell to them. <laughs> <laughs> um, I but, have never heard anyone say that before. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it may have just been me being a weird kid, or my grandma <laughs> may have gotten them at one particular bookstore that smelled a certain way, but I thought the pages in the Berenstain Bear books smelled different from other books, and so I didn't always go to them, but I liked them a lot. <laughs> like, will, you, will you read this to me from across the room, please? <laughs> And it wasn't even a bad smell. It was just a different smell from other books. That is the craziest thing. 
Yeah. That is wild. I've never <laughs> heard anyone talk about the smell of Berenstain Bear books. I mean, maybe they were stored in a different place in the house originally or something? Maybe. I don't know. I have no explanation. <laughs> I just remembered that as table. I was talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have a favorite one, if you remember? I don't remember. I have no idea. They all kind of blur together, honestly. <laughs> blasphemy i know they are, they are clearly distinguishable by era and artist so did you did you know that there were chapter books of the berenstain bears um i did i think i had seen them uh before but i i don't remember if i if i ever read them or not um but yeah i was i was excited to pick this up and to see that it had like we said, like 21 chapters. I was like, wow, mm-hmm. this is going to be a really involved story. So I was excited. And it is involved in a very strange way. And it yeah. goes in directions that I wasn't quite expecting it to go. Yeah, th- I- this story has everything. It has, <laughs> like, I-, I mean, it has, seriously, it has, like, mystery. It has walls that fold in. It has mm-hmm. trap doors and, like, a whole kind of Scooby-Doo montage. It has writing crops. Um, it's a lot of writing crops. <laughs> a lot of writing crops. And so it's just really, um, really unexpected, but I enjoyed it quite a bit. It's funny that you mentioned Scooby-Doo because there is a moment in the book that exactly replicates the moment in the opening of the Scooby-Doo credits where Fred falls backwards in his chair through the bookshelf. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's the exact same thing happens. The bookshelf opens behind someone and the chair tips back I was yeah. like, that's from Scooby-Doo. Yeah, that happens a couple of times. And yeah. there's like a hand coming out of a, a grandfather clock, which really spooked right. me out. I like that. Um, so yeah, it was it was a good, I enjoyed it a lot. And it also has, as you said up top, a lot of stuff, information about antiques. And, <laughs> yeah. and I, you, I hope that you were excited to hear this, but this book i did not know this going in this book has a revelation about the world of the bears that i had never heard before but that answers some questions that has been asked on this show now for the last couple of years so when we get to it it's going to be exciting i can't wait i'm very excited (laughs) so so in a nutshell what happens in the berenstain bears in maniac mansion Okay, let me see if I can uh, if I can get this right. Uh, please correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm sure I will be. Uh, so Papa Bear is uh, hired by Squire Grizzly, who lives in a, an impressive mansion, uh, the titular Maniac Mansion, to fix some an antique rosewood chair that Squire Grizzly has sat upon and because he has not been keeping to his diet has broken the leg off of. A little bit of body shaming in the beginning yes. of our book here. <laughs> yes, there's a lot of diet talk, a lot of body shaming. Um, yeah. And so Papa Bear goes to the house he brings the cubs along brother is excited because he's excited to see uh bonnie who is uh squire grizzly's niece who's mm-hmm. his special friend his special friend just <laughs> <laughs> quite it's an interesting way of putting this yeah i was like oh brother has a special friend well, um, in the in the series brother and bonnie have kissed on occasion really uh, and they've gone they've been on and off i guess at this point they are off yeah, they still... seem a little distant. Uh, yeah, they're still this... special friends, though. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so he's excited to see Bonnie, and uh, he brings sister along, and they find a house that is uh, disturbed by complete lack of sleep. Like, one of the servants has seen ghosts in the ballroom mm-hmm. and has relayed this story to several members of the grisly household and so everybody's too scared to sleep the butler is sleepy um the servants are sleepy and bonnie's fine because she doesn't believe in ghosts right and so is squire grisly but uh lady grisly is very sleepy as well because she she fully believes in ghosts this introduces that sort of thing where i mean the bears ostensibly live in in america in mm-hmm. modern times but this is very much the kind of the upstairs downstairs uh yeah the servants are very much very suspicious uh, superstitious they believe in ghosts and 
you have that weird class thing where obviously the lower classes believe all these crazy superstitions. Right. It's it's very um I mean I am well versed in the cozy mystery genre um and it felt I felt right at home. It felt almost like, you know, it could be set in like 1950s Britain mm-hmm. almost. <laughs> well, and even the names of the servants are like Maisie yeah. and like Tilly. Yeah. Which and is very like it's it, it, it's evocative of a of a of a certain milieu. Yeah, and it's like there's a squire and a lady, and it's like there's landed gentry in <laughs> in this world. It's fascinating. Because <laughs> yeah, I'm not as familiar with that kind of of story. I don't I don't read a whole lot of books that are set in that era, but right. The, the coding is there. I I recognize. Oh yeah, it like reeks of it. It's got kind of a clue feeling almost, which I really enjoyed. Well, and that extends to the uh, to the portraiture in the hallway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, indeed. Uh, so Bonnie gives sister and brother a tour, and they are kind of going around, and there is portraiture in the hallway of all of the grizzly ancestors, and. There's like dozens and dozens of portraits, it seems. And there's a lot. Sister gets a lot of feelings like she's being watched. Uh, Sister's pretty spooked out in this mansion. She hears these ghost stories. She's immediately on board with the ghost story. You know, she's my kind of gal. This is where we we learn a little bit of the history of, of the Grizzly family. Yes. So it turns out that the Grizzly lineage is full of not very nice people. <laughs> uh, I think the words not very nice are used yes. <laughs> to describe these individuals. Um, Definitely not a nice bear. <laughs> yes, not a nice bear. Um, so the... Uh, Bonnie's great-grandfather is was not a nice bear and but it all dates back to the original the originator of the grizzly name the maniac of mountain highway who was a uh, notorious robber apparently and they ask you know oh so like robin bear so kind of the robin hood bear and he's like they're like no robin bear uh, stole from the rich and gave to the poor. Um, the maniac stole from the rich and stole from the poor and kept it all for himself. Yeah. <laughs> um, just to put like a fine point on like what a robber is. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's why they called him a maniac. <laughs> yes, he's a maniac. He's like not. He's not even like a chill robber. He's a maniac robber. Yeah, he, he's and he was terrifying. a highway. He's basically a highwayman. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, but that's how um, the Grizzly name was founded, was this notorious highwayman uh, got enough, amassed enough money and enough fame that he created a family and prominence for himself. (laughs) So that's pretty... I don't know. Like, I think this is a pretty interesting thing, especially when I think about, you know, that this is a kid's book that they are talking, you know, it, it kind of brings up this intricate concept where you have the current Grizzly family and they're good people, right? But they have to deal with the fact that everything that they have is built on this, like, bloody legacy. <laughs> well, not just that, because we know from... I believe I can't even. It's one of the early books, a new girl in town. I believe mm-hmm. uh, that the Grizzly lineage not only, I guess, includes like highwaymen and and uh, miscreants, but is essentially because the Grizzly family and the Bear family are old rivals. Right. And in the Great War, the Grizzlies were essentially the Confederacy. Oh, so they're like Hatfield and McCoying it all over the place. Oh like, yeah, this yeah, is crazy. But when yeah. you look at when you look at the illustrations, they are drawn in the style of the Confederacy. Oh yeah, the bear the bears are drawn in the style of the Union, and uh, yeah. So the grizzly the grizzly name ha- definitely has some has some uh, baggage attached to it. Right, and I just think it's really interesting that they kind of keep this continues to be a theme 
throughout yeah. this this book. Blah blah blah. Papa Bear gets the chair to repair, and they go home. And Sister has a pretty creepy nightmare. Uh, she? It's pretty terrifying, actually. Like I was I was picturing it, and I was like, I would be pretty freaked out if I had this dream. She has a nightmare that starts with Bonnie jumping rope, and she's in like the hundreds of thousands. And that's first of all, that's terrifying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> She goes into the ballroom and she sees uh, the ghosts of, especially the ghosts of this, you know, maniac highwayman. And he's masked and he's terrifying. Oh yeah, the maniac of Mountain Highway, Bad Bart, he's also known as. So I will call him that. Bad Bart. Yeah, Bad Bart. Uh, Bad Bart, uh, you know, reaches out and grabs her shoulder in this dream uh, just as she is awoken. Uh, by her brother because he's like you screamed in your sleep are you okay and <laughs> I, I think it's kind of sweet I, I haven't like I said I haven't read these books in a long time but I liked I was really touched by how much brother and sister obviously care about each other yeah. um, especially like brothers like looking out for sister a lot and I like that what I love about this chapter is it has no bearing on anything. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's just color. Yeah. And it, it just gives sister a reason to be a little bit more scared than everybody else for the rest of the novel. Uh, yeah. Or, you know, the rest of the story. And I think that's, I think that's fun. You know, like she, she's, she's really freaked out. This, this uh, ghost story has really gotten to her. And a lot of this book is kind of pointing out who's freaked out by the ghosts and who's not. We've been introduced to a turn of phrase that I really like that gets repeated throughout the book, which is, I don't believe in ghosts, Mm -hmm. but the ghosts I don't believe in, dot, dot, dot. And then they'll just... And this goes, and she uses it, and Bonnie, a lot of the characters use it to describe the ghosts they don't believe in. Yeah, I really like that turn of phrase, and I think it's it's a really excellent way of communicating. Like, it just kind of points out exactly, it's really a very precise way to say things. So, like, she's saying she's too scared to, to join Papa and Brother at the mansion the next day, because they're planning on going back. And Brother Bear is like, you know, I don't believe in ghosts, but the ghosts I don't believe in only come out at night. And so you'll be safe from the ghosts because we'll be there during the day. And yeah. she's like, she and she can't argue with that. She's like, you know what? You're right. If I'm going to believe in ghosts, I have to follow the rules. And something is discovered, though, before they make it back to Grizzly Mansion. Yes. Um, so <laughs> this is where this gets so interesting for a kid's book especially so they are talking to papa bear at breakfast and he is vexed um and they are you know he's like there's a problem with the with the chair and they're like well don't you think you'll be able to fix it and he's like oh i'll definitely be able to fix it but it's not an antique it gets very specific about the type of screw <laughs> that is used and how it was originally placed. He was like, this was placed by machinery that didn't yeah. exist. And I fixed this chair before and I used the original screws. So I know that this isn't the chair. Yeah, it's it's just, it's yeah, it's it's a good piece of detective work on Papa's part. Yeah, Papa is, uh, is really thinking about, uh, really thinking about it. And he's, he is paying attention to detail. And so, so it makes him a good carpenter. Exactly. And um, so Papa has come to the conclusion that someone has robbed the Grizzlies and switched out um, their antiques for fake new furniture and they haven't noticed yet. So they, you know, they are like, we'll, well, we're not supposed to go to the mansion until around lunchtime, but we got to go right now. And this is where things start getting a complex. Yes, uh, it gets pretty bananas from here. Um, yes. <laughs> so, dear listener, I hope you will hold on to your hats. Start um, paying but... attention to which characters are tired when. <laughs> oh my god! Because that becomes yeah. a plot point. <laughs> Who has bags under their eyes? Right. <laughs> um, you know. So, brother declares that this is a job for the bear detectives, um, which I'm assuming. You know, it's been a long time since I've read this. Uh, read mm-hmm. any of these i remember the bear detectives yeah. so i i remember the detective hat i remember all of it so 
I was excited. I was like, yes, I got a detective <laughs> story. I, you know, I went just solely based on title, and I, I'm very glad with my choice. <laughs> <That's> um, <awesome. laughs> so, um, so they hurry over to Grizzly Mansion, um, and they bring Cousin Fred along. I, I forgot to mention Cousin Fred is is with them this whole time, but he's That's not. That's okay. The the authors forget that Cousin Fred is with them. <laughs> so... Every once in a while. He gets a line. <laughs> right, right. And he just shows up in illustrations. You know, we see his little glasses. Yeah. Yay. Yay. We're glad Cousin Fred is there, everyone. Um, they get to Grizzly Mansion, and they are greeted by the butler, Greaves. Greaves greets them, and he's like, oh, we weren't expecting you yet. And he's like, I know. I need to talk to, um, to Squire Grizzly. And he's like, oh. And, oh. Big note, the day before, Greaves had been having trouble sleeping and he had major bags under his eyes and he was very sleepy and forgetful. Today, they open the door, Greaves opens the door and he appears to be well rested. And um, they comment upon this almost immediately, which kind of rude. Um, Yeah. Like you looked like crap yesterday. You look great now. (laughs) Rude papa bear but anyway which is also funny because greaves is like yeah i got sleep last night yeah yeah greaves is like yeah like, no problem oh. yeah <laughs> like okay <laughs> I'm... that's how it works so greaves says oh uh squire grizzly's not here he just went into town to go to a meeting so they turn around to leave and bonnie is out in the yard and she's like uh no uh, Squire Grizzly's here. Uh, I'll bring you in through the side door, and he's eating yeah. breakfast. He's um, eating a bunch of breakfast. A lot of breakfasts, yes. So yeah, there there are several plates of right. half-eaten things in front yeah. of him. He's having a massive feast, so it's good to be Squire Grizzly. It's kind of strange because when they all come in, he's like, all right, you guys can join me for breakfast. I'll just have somebody bring in more juices. So I guess they're all just supposed to eat off of the same plate that he's (laughs) half-eaten everything off of. I don't know. I... Maybe maybe this isn't how they were supposed to picture. I was supposed to picture it in my head. Maybe it was more of a buffet situation. Right. You know, <laughs> Greaves comes in and is like, oh, I thought you were gone. And so he kind of explains away this this lie that he told the bears. The squire comments that Greaves looks well rested as well. Yeah. And he goes, I love this line. He goes, <laughs> but you look well rested today, said the squire. Only on the outside, sir, said Greaves. On the inside, I'm a wreck. And we get the great illustration of of Greaves just saying, on the inside, I'm a wreck, which I want a t-shirt of. Yes, this is a perfect t-shirt um, <laughs> because there are monocles involved and <laughs> it's just very good. Um, and Squire Grizzly accepts this and sends him away. Um, and Papa explains this antique fraud that he has discovered squire grizzly is obviously upset he makes such a ruckus from being upset that he wakes lady grizzly who she's been asleep but she's been awakened by him yelling about robbery and so they explain the situation to lady grizzly and they're all trying to figure out how this would have happened and they immediately suspect their butler like immediately they're like Greaves has worked for us for 35 years but it's gotta be him you know yeah. um, <laughs> we trust him with our lives but this guy is is the person who did it and also maybe ghosts it also has the great quote any explanation that good deserves to be true yes which sounds, I love which sounds that. like the kind of <laughs> The kind of logic a rich person would use. <laughs> yes, exactly. I I love that so much. I, I was reading this this morning on um on my bus to work. And I think I uh-huh. said that out loud. Like after <laughs> I read it, I think I said it to myself out loud. And I got a couple of looks because people were like, uh, why is she talking? <laughs> um, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. People talking to themselves on the bus all the time. But... Right. <laughs> It's such a good line. So the theory in the air is that these ghosts may have stolen the furniture. Yes. Or the, the, there are two theories. It's that the ghosts stole the furniture 
Mm -hmm. or that there are robbers who have stolen the furniture because there have been incidences where Greaves has left for his day off in his plain clothes and then come back in his uniform and said he forgot to let in these exterminators. Yeah. Later on, when asked about these exterminators, Greaves doesn't remember that he let in exterminators. And then uh, later on, he does remember the exterminators because he's letting them (laughs) in again. Right. And neither Lady Grizzly nor Squire Grizzly have requested exterminators on the premises. And they're all hanging out in the West Wing, which is where the antiques are. So... Getting a little ahead of myself, but the there are two theories. One, it's ghosts. Two, which we've seen. We've seen someone has seen these yes. ghosts. Yes, Tilly has seen the ghosts, so it might be ghosts. Two is that Tilly saw robbers and just assumed that they were ghosts because she believes in ghosts. Right. And that is that is the theory that they decide. Of course it's true. Any explanation that that good deserves to be true. <laughs> right. And there's a lovely illustration of Squire Grizzly saying this, which yes. another great candidate for a t-shirt. So the, the main suspicion is that Greaves working with the exterminators, these fake exterminators, are the robbers. They are all immediately like there's a sudden sense of urgency just burst into the room to them they're like oh no we've got to do this right now <laughs> so because oh, the, the, the exterminators have arrived yes the exterminators are there when they have the, the best name yes bugbears they are the bugbears <laughs> which is such a weird deep cut but yeah it's a great name it's a great name i loved it i was like they're the bugbears and but so <laughs> everybody springs into the action because they're like, oh no, the bugbears are here. They're all in the West Wing right now. And they start to call Greaves because they're like, Greaves has an explanation for his involvement in this, but they keep ringing for Greaves. He's not answering. And they're like, oh no. So they, mind you, they are in their dining room. They mm-hmm. turn around and Papa Bear <laughs> and uh, Squire Grizzly pick up writing crops yes which are apparently mounted on the wall and there are like seven of them i don't know there must be because because <laughs> <laughs> everybody gets a writing crop eventually um but eventually, they pick up yes. writing crops when <laughs> squire grizzly is so angry he picks up a writing crop he runs to the west wing papa bear goes squire grizzly's out of control i have to protect him <laughs> He picks up a writing crop, runs after him, and, you know, despite the cubs saying, hey. I applaud Papa for having the for having the presence of mind to realize that Squire Grizzly is more of a danger to himself. Yes, exactly. I was like, I was like, you know what? Papa Bear comes out in a great, in a pretty good light, this, yeah, this book. This is and a Squire, good book for Papa Bear. Squire's running so fast, his monocle has flown off. <laughs> yes, in the picture. yes. He is, he is you know beat a hasty a hasty pursuit um so papa bear is doing that meanwhile he tells the cubs um which includes uh fred and bonnie to stay where they are he's like stay in the dining room it's not safe lady grizzly in all of this chaos and confusion decides now is a really good time to go to my office and call every furniture maker. Oh, right, because Papa made a list mm-hmm. of all the furniture makers who are capable of copying yes. this yes. furniture. And Papa apparently just knows the town. He knows his industry. He just can mm-hmm. just pop off all of that list just immediately. He yes. writes it all down for her. She's like, all right, so... There, I, I just, this is crazy to me. There are robbers in, in the- her house. Her husband is chasing them with a riding crop. Um, she doesn't think to call the police at this mm-hmm. moment. She decides to go to her office in the East Wing on the other side of the house and start making phone calls to these furniture makers. I just have to, to note, you know, Lady Grizzly has 
mad chill. Um, (laughs) And she's very concerned about her antiques. She is sitting in in her at her desk there is a large grandfather clock behind her and the way this is narrated is really is pretty interesting i thought it was interesting yeah she's on the phone and it it talks about her conversation but then it kind of says you know while she was on the phone she was so distracted that she didn't notice that the grandfather clock had stopped ticking and the grandfather clock had stopped ticking because a hand reached out through the wall and stopped the pendulum from swinging. And then this hand, a gloved hand, opens the pane, the glass pane of the grandfather clock, and grabs her and pulls her through the grandfather clock. Mm-hmm. It was scary, and it must be a really big grandfather clock because these are <laughs> both of those things large bears. It's crazy because it describes that. Yeah. Like the gloved hand claps over her mouth. Mm-hmm. She gets, but then it says she gets dragged across the room and into the grandfather clock. Except it keeps saying grandfather's clock, which is not the way I say it. <laughs> I've always just called it a grandfather clock, but me too. I've never heard it called a grandfather's clock, but I don't know. I don't know as much about antiques as <laughs> from the this illustration. Book does. There is no way anyone can fit into this grandfather clock. No, and the illustration is ver- is really not what is described because yeah. the illustration is this a man in a trench, well, not a man, a bear, right. a male bear <laughs> in a trench coat and a fedora looming behind uh, Lady Grizzly who's in her chair. And it's kind of funny because there's a background behind her only to a certain point and then there's like, furniture floating in white space anyway (laughs) i'm assuming that that it's set up like that because in the in (laughs) the original printing that was probably where the words were probably yes like a paragraph (laughs) was but right now it just looks like someone forgot to draw the rest of the picture yeah we're looking at the ebook and it's like well i just really like the way this ottoman looked and uh but yes no i love the way i love the way the chapter ends because she's been grabbed while yes. she's on the phone. While she's on the phone, and it ends with the desk on the desk lay the phone, talking to no one. Hello, hello, it said. Lady Grizzly, are you still there? It's very creepy. Yeah. It's like a it's like an effective you know kind of scene from a thriller or a mystery. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I wouldn't say horror, but it's it's definitely got like a bit of suspense, and I can imagine, especially if you were reading this to a kid or a kid was reading this, that you'd be like, "Oh my god!" Trust uh, me, I was doing that just the other day. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what happened. That's awesome. I love that. That's the reaction it elicited because. I was pretty like, whoa, I was not yeah. expect I was not expecting this book to go here. So Well also in each of these books there's usually a chapter or two that you that make you go, Oh, this is the chapter they were really looking forward to writing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this is the one. They were like, we just got to build to this moment because yes. I really can't wait to write this part. Yes. And you can tell that they that they loved writing this part because the next chapter, the next few chapters involve a lot of this kind of thing happening yep. to several <laughs> different characters. Um, so, you know, uh, we, we catch up with uh, Papa and he has chased Squire Grizzly into the library, but Squire Grizzly's nowhere to be found. Yeah. Um, and Papa is tired. <laughs> and... <laughs> He's like, you know what? I just need a second. And he turns, he sees a chair. It looks comfy. He sits in it and he is swallowed up into the wall. Yeah. Like as soon as he sits down in a, in Scooby-Doo style. He even has like the look on his face and the drawing that Fred gets on his face. <laughs> yes. It's a, it's like, a very, Whoa? very Fred Jones moment. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's great because like the, the book even describes you know, Papa is in the chair and the wall moves and he like he's he he's swallowed up. And then seconds later, the chair slides back out and the wall closes again with an empty chair. Like I 
I love how it even finishes, you know, not only did Papa Bear get swallowed, but the, the chair has come back. And it's, yeah, it's a cinematic moment. Mm -hmm. Like the camera would just be there and you'd have mm -hmm. this beat and then the chair would swing back. Right. And it'd be a musical and sting. Empty and you'd be like, dun, 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 you know, and <laughs> it would be very scary. We don't know where pretty much all the adults are gone. Yes. Um, so now we are back to the cubs. And they get the brilliant idea to actually call the police. Yeah, thank God for the cubs, yeah. <laughs> who are really thinking. They get the police station, and the deputy informs them that the squad ca squad car is on the other side of town. I guess, I'm guessing there's one squad car in, in the police force. Right. <laughs> for a police force that, that encounters as many kidnappings and attempted murders <laughs> as the Bear Country police force, they should probably get a couple more cops. Yeah, you know, it's like, okay, so we've got, we've got uh, Chief Bruno and Officer Marguerite, and they are both in the squad car. So we've got two of the three police officers that are mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> Deputy, Deputy Hoskins is manning the phone. So like... Deputy Hoskins, who we've never heard of before, by <laughs> yeah, the way. Yeah. He's never appeared in any of these books. I like that he was named, though. You know, they yes. could have <laughs> not named him. Um, but um, so anyway, so... Uh, and sister's, sister's scared. Sister's worried. And she says, you know, we need to go look for papa he might be in trouble and brother's like well he told us to stay here and sister's like no he might be in trouble and um so it's actually sister and bonnie who are like we need to go and so yeah. the four of them uh pick up writing crops <laughs> um, the wall. brother went to the wall and took down several writing crops it's a line uh that happens and i was yeah. like oh, okay um what is this dining room <laughs> I don't know. It's a very fascinating dining room with several several writing crops available on the wall in case you might need them. Um, yes. And so they, you know, run to the West Wing with their writing crops. Um, and they go to check out the ballroom. Mm -hmm. um, well, they, they're really on their way to the library, but Sister passes by the ballroom and she had this nightmare about it and so she wants to investigate it but she's scared so there's kind of this scene where it goes from the perspective of the four cubs together and kind of zooms in on sister and her yeah. experience so she goes into the ballroom and she's she's freaked out just kind of freaking out and something something pops up behind her and she turns around smacks it with the writing crop <laughs> and it's brother um it's a great moment yeah it's very good and she's like hey don't sneak up on me right <laughs> you know which come on man like call out to her you're in this scary situation anyway why are, why are people sneaking up on each other so much right announce your presence <laughs> yes um and so he's he's like i'm sorry you know we we got to the library and we realized you weren't there so we needed to come get you and she's like oh i'm feeling dizzy i need to sit down and he's like oh uh, there's a there happens to be a chair in the library where you can sit to your heart's content yes <laughs> we all know what's gonna happen here he leads sister to that chair. She sits in it. They all have their backs to sister because uh, Fred and Bonnie and brother are all distracted by this suspicious bookcase that doesn't have yes. dust where it should and is hollow in places where it shouldn't be. And pretty much simultaneously, sister is swallowed into the wall on one end of the library and uh, the other three... Uh, open a trap wall behind a bookshelf now my question is did them triggering that door to open trigger sister to go back into the other one or is that just a coincidence that's what i wasn't sure about i think Cause it seems like a weird function to like open both panels yeah. yeah and it's like suddenly yeah like at the exact same moment but she, yeah. it's not the second she sat down, though. It doesn't right. seem. So, yeah, I mean, it seems like she... But there's no reason why opening a bookshelf that leads to some stairs would also 
swallow up the the chair <laughs> on the other the side wall. of the room plus she doesn't cry out or anything it's like she's just she's gone and she doesn't yeah. say anything and they don't even notice um yeah, erased from existence which is crazy to me it's like they've just forgotten where sister was they've just gotten her back sat her down she's just had like a scare and she's dizzy and stuff and immediately they all forget that she's there they're like yep. whatever <laughs> hey a staircase but, let's go down yes exactly but they they hear something like someone pounding on the wall and what it is is it's it's sister it's not yeah. the robbers and here's where stuff gets stuff gets really spooky yes chapter 16 trapped and so sister is in a completely dark room um she's terrified but she's feeling around and she finds a handle in the floor that opens up to like a spiral staircase that seems to kind of go like deeper and deeper into kind of the depths the bowels of this mansion a little bit she's pretty freaked out but um but she's decided really the only way through is is forward um so she's kind of wandering down these stairs through this tunnel she turns a corner and she hears she hears a noise and she raises her riding crop and she sees some three spooky figures and they jump out and they have riding crops and <laughs> yeah all the cubs have have run into each other but they yeah, yeah. <laughs> they all scream because they were scared and appropriately enough <laughs> They do not end up whipping each other with their riding crops, but yes. they should have. Yes. That would have been the best moment. Everybody should have smacked each other in the face in this moment. I really would have loved that. Um, also, but explaining it, to us, explaining to a six-year-old what a riding crop was took like Google searching and like she, my daughter was yeah. like, what's a riding crop? And I'm like, well, it's this thing and you use it. To- <laughs> That's the thing that fascinates me most about this, about this book is that it has a lot of, um, a lot of, elements in it that wouldn't really populate a young reader's world right and so it takes a lot of liberties as far as like well they've got writing crops there's a butler there are servants you know there's yeah antique furniture (laughs) like like (laughs) it takes for granted the idea that a kid knows the difference between an antique and a new you know like or cares yeah exactly (laughs) or recognizes that there's a difference in value between yeah yeah speaking of antique furniture they discover a light at the end of the tunnel and there is they come into this room this chamber that is full of antique furniture (laughs) not not just full of antique furniture according to the illustration haphazardly yes piled antique furniture unceremoniously stacked in a like a mountain of of antique furniture there's like a lamp that's like sideways there's like the vase is like on the floor under a couch it's crazy (laughs) yeah and i'm like if these burglars were like worried about the value of the antiques as much as they seem to be enough that they got they made well there's reproductions being made you think they would at least set the table up right or not put the sofa on its end. Right, it's... and there would be, like, drop cloths and, right. <laughs> you know, plastic and all of those good things. But there is a ladder uh, that leads up to the ceiling of this strange chamber that they have discovered. They keep hearing thumping noises. And I just want to point out, like, we haven't touched on this too much. Bonnie and Fred and brother are all scared of burglars sister is scared of ghosts the whole time everything that anything any noise that she hears or any threat that she perceives she believes to be ghosts Mm -hmm. and um the other three are like oh no it's the burglars so there's kind of a cute moment like when they all ran into each other um you know brother says to her well we thought you were a burglar and she's like oh i thought you were burglars but really she thought they were ghosts and she's too embarrassed to admit um that she she's very scared they hear kind of a a moaning uh and voices she's like oh no oh no it's ghosts i'm scared and brother's like no this this is bears who are bound and gagged (laughs) 
(laughs) This is the noise of gagged bears. And so they uh, go into the next room. They find all the, pretty much the adults, Lady Grizzly, Squire Grizzly, and Papa Bear, all tied up and gagged. And they untie them. Squire Grizzly announces that Greaves and the phony exterminators have tied them up. For me, I was like, what? I was fully expecting Greaves to be innocent, so I was a little shocked. So everybody's untied and they are talking and then they hear more thumping. They discover yet another hidden room. Apparently, they live in, like, the Winchester Mystery House. Yes, definitely. <laughs> crazy. There is so much, like, there's a huge network of, like, a labyrinth of secret rooms. It goes down forever. Forever and ever. They find a button that slides open a hidden door. In that room, they find Greaves in his pajamas, and he does have bags under his eyes. <laughs> yes, remember that plot point. <laughs> if anything's going to save this guy's rep, it's the bags under the eyes. Yep. It's the fact that he does not moisturize. Anyway. <laughs> uh, it could be his sinuses for all we know. Yeah. You know, there are a lot of reasons for bags under your eyes. I have yeah. kind of constant bags under my eyes because that's what my family looks like. You right. know? So, like, some people just have bags under bags their eyes. Under, let's, yeah. let's calm down. Anyway. <laughs> um. So, but he is all tied up and he's in his pajamas and... At first, you know, Squire Grizzly is like, well, clearly his, you know, his fellow robbers have have turned on him and decided to tie him up. And they're like, well, no, you know, the Greaves who tied us up was in his uniform and this Greaves is in his pajamas and he looks tired. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Greaves is like, well, I've been down here since before dawn because the ghosts attacked me and tied me up while I was asleep. Greaves believes that the ghosts have gotten him and have tied him up. As they are trying to figure this out, they hear the police arrive. They find the door out of the cellar. You know, it's, you know, those big cellar doors, like kind of weather doors um, that always fascinated Mm -hmm. so much when I was a kid. Um, So they (laughs) pop out of those into the yard the police are outside and there is the bugbears the bugbears van which i love the bugbears van because it says yes we do mice too which is awesome yeah. i don't know i just <laughs> that made me chuckle um, the bugbears we do mice too uh, it's just i don't know it's sweet i liked it anyway they come out with the pajamaed Greaves. And Greaves is saying, I am, you know, I'm innocent. I'm still in my pajamas. They attacked me in my while I was sleeping. And Lady Grizzly believes him and Squire Grizzly does not. And she's like, it's obviously, there's obviously some kind of mix up because look at the bags under his eyes. This is <laughs> <Yeah>. Greaves. <laughs> the, the police are there. They're talking through this with Chief Bruno. Meanwhile, Officer Marguerite um, whom I'm assuming is awesome, is going to the side yard and she has discovered two bears in bugbear uniforms and a third bear in a butler's uniform. And they're all handcuffed and she has brought them out with her pistol drawn. Marguerite yeah. is not messing around. But it's not just a bear in the butler's uniform, though. No, it is a bear who looks exactly like Greaves. Dun, dun, dun done so we have this is where things get intense yes this is this is where it gets to like soap opera levels and i love this um so (laughs) greaves one and greaves two the the greaves and the butler's uniform kind of taunts the greaves in pajamas and says hello greaves and he sounds exactly the same they have the same voice everything and lady grizzly immediately is like it's it's greaves ghost Greaves is dead, and this is his ghost. And everybody's like, what? That theory doesn't hold water. Nobody here is dead. Anyway, and then Greaves is suddenly like, wait, I have a long-lost twin brother named Arthur. Yep. (laughs) Which, this didn't occur to him before. Well, then we get the whole whole story, which is fascinating. Yes, his twin brother 
ran away as a teenager and joined the Navy. And no one yeah. in the family has heard from him since. And it's been like over 40 years um, since then. And they have had no idea. <laughs> this is the part that I was talking about earlier. So this is okay. the moment okay. where we learn something about their world okay. that I had never heard of before. Okay. Yes. Arthur's telling the story of what happened. Right. And he says, it's a long story. Right. When I got out of the Navy, I settled way up north in Polar Bear City. Oh. We have never, we have never heard of polar bears existing in this world. This There's is There's never huge. been a mention of polar bears. And all of a sudden... We learn that there is a polar bear city up north. That just blew my mind. Whoa. So, like, do you think the polar bears are, like, the Canadians of <laughs> the bear world <laughs> that we have here of bear country? I don't know. Like, I don't know what the connotation of that is. Wow. We've heard... We've heard mention at one point, I can't even remember what book it was, of a black bear. Oh man. Um like I don't even remember what the what what how it was referred to, like what what the context was. But this is our first mention of a polar bear. Wow. Uh which is a whole different kind of bear. We've met there've been pandas. Okay. And uh and other animals, but Okay. If there's like a whole other city of just completely, I don't know, ethnically different. I don't know how they, I don't know how they consider it. Like, mm. is this, would this be like First Nations bears? Like, I'm not sure. <laughs> that's, that's really interesting. Yeah. And then, so I don't want to confuse the issue too much, but like, so <laughs> our, if we're looking at the bears and the grizzlies, are they all like brown bears? Or are they all grizzly bears? I, they're they're pretty much all brown bears, like basic uh -huh. brown bears. Okay, but like, so are is the grizzly family? Are they grizzly bears? I think they're all grizzly bears. Okay. I think that the grizzly family is just that's their name. Got it. Okay. Okay. I just wanted to see. It's like, like... It's, like it's like people whose last name is like white I guess. <laughs> yeah yeah sure <laughs> like okay it doesn't mean you're the only white people sure exactly yeah okay i just wanted i just wanted to make sure that like we were all on the same page because i was like yeah 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 i was like okay because if there are black bears and panda bears and polar bears but like especially with black bears and panda bears they're going to be much smaller in stature than right our berenstain bear you know the bears or the grizzlies there, yeah, so anyway, I just wanted to make sure <laughs> I was on the same train here. You're on the same train. Okay, cool. So Arthur um, Arthur joined the Navy. After he left the Navy, he went moved way up north to Polar Bear City, uh, where he became an assistant carpenter. Um, he had, he became, and then he became a carpenter in his own right, um, had his own carpentry business. Um, and hired two assistants, decided, so this gets a little weird, they saw a news story about Squire Grizzly, and in this news story there was an image of Greaves serving tea. Because Arthur is a carpenter, he knows all about Lady Grizzly's antique collection. Mm-hmm, it's famous. It's that famous. And so he sees this, and he sees an opportunity. And he decides to rob them to get these priceless antiques by, you know, by posing as greaves and exterminators. And building the antique replacements in the mansion. Yeah, they were building replacements in these hidden places in the mansion, which is why part of everybody's sleeplessness is not only that they were scared of ghosts, but that they were hearing noises that they couldn't explain. He's basically been living in their tunnels and cellars and like building Which furniture. Which is probably the creepiest thing of all. That's terrifying. I mean, like, like okay, I, I just to show my hand here, I'm like way into true crime and mystery and all of this stuff. Yes. There are a lot of true crime cases and the scariest ones to me are like, I, I've read I've read and watched about a few cases where the assailant or the attacker has been like living in somebody's attic or their walls yeah. for like months 
And that is terrifying. And then they made a kid's book about it. Yeah. So, but their idea was we're going to store all the antiques in one place and then we're going to replace, and you know, we're going to replace them. And then uh, we're going to do one, one big operation where we move all of the antiques at the same time. This explains why there was a difference in Greaves's memory, you know, Mm -hmm. and what he remembered and what he didn't remember. Because right, when he would leave, the other uh, Arthur would take his place. Right. Even though I wonder why Arthur doesn't have bags under his eyes, because he's been staying up all night stealing furniture and building new furniture. Great point. I mean, maybe Arthur has been, you know, he believes he's doing not the right thing, but he doesn't believe this is the wrong thing, so he sleeps the sleep of the innocent. <laughs> <laughs> There's some great exchanges here. Uh between Arthur and Greaves and the rest of the Cubs. <laughs> yeah. At one point, Bonnie says, forgot about us Cubs, didn't you? And Arthur says, we didn't forget about you. We never even thought about you. <laughs> yeah, he's like, you are nothing. And it's never me. followed up on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just love that. I'm like, I'm like, no, you're so much of stupid kids. Like, of course they didn't think about you. <laughs> right. Um, and yes, so then they, they check the van, the extermination van, and it is full of uh, costumes um mm-hmm. that will make them look like old-fashioned highway robbers um so that they can trick anyone who would catch them into thinking that they have seen ghosts they did it all by candlelight yeah because i guess the the ghost legend prominently involves candles we also get a great image of uh of arthur his two henchmen uh chloroforming and hog tying <laughs> greaves in his bed I know, poor which greaves. is probably the most terrifying thing i've ever seen in a berenstain bears book it's so strange yes and so you know they get through this whole convoluted plot which they explain in just like a big block of dialogue um and greaves you know gets to it and he's like you know arthur like sure you had this scheme but like why why did you do it and um and he says, I want to be a millionaire like Squire Grizzly and live in a mansion. And he looks at Greaves and he's like, don't you want to be a millionaire and live in a mansion? And Greaves is like, I already do live in a mansion. <laughs> Arthur, Arthur's like, well, you're just the butler. And Greaves is like, better as an honest butler than a crooked millionaire. Yes. Yeah. Better to serve in heaven. Yes. Than reign in hell. Exactly. Arthur. Exactly. Um, and then I, I thought this was really funny. Um, Squire Grizzly apologizes and, uh, and then Greaves turns and goes, Officer Marguerite, take these crooks away and lock them up. And Chief Bruno goes, I'll handle this Greaves and says, Officer Marguerite, take these crooks away and lock them up. Uh, that made me laugh. Job done. (laughs) Yeah. And then we get a little, like, a little closure on the actual trial and case. Yeah, so, like... Which is nice. So they are go to prison for 20 years because they commit uh, a ton of crimes. Uh, you know, so it's, like, attempted burglary, kidnapping, breaking and entering, live, you know, yep. squatting, all of these things. Yeah. Assault. But they do point out <laughs> that it was only attempted burglary. Yes. They never actually a... stole anything. Yes. They intended to burglarize the mansion, but they never actually took it out of the house. So yeah. really what they did was, you know, uh, live rent free for a while and give them exact replicas of their antique furniture. <laughs> they did them a service. They actually yes. did them a service. <laughs> yes. Squire Grizzly makes the decision that because he didn't go on his diet and broke the chair, he will not go on, and that is what led to their discovery, uh, mm. he's not going to go on the diet ever. Okay. A little body positivity. Yeah. Yeah, I like to think that he was like, you know what? I like my body. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wife, get over it, basically. Yeah. Sure. I like that. Um, <laughs> And then... uh. They decide to throw a grand ball for the town with uh, Papa Bear as the guest of honor, which is, it's nice. I mean, Papa Bear did discover the thing initially, but also like, you know, the Cubs did a lot of stuff. Like (laughs) The Cubs did save their lives. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) like the Cubs untied, like found them and untied (laughs) them 
and allowed them to, you know, catch everybody. But sure, whatever, whatever. We get a really sweet scene between Greaves and Sister Bear. Yes. Sister Bear is scared to go into the ballroom. She says, you know, I don't believe in ghosts. But the ghosts I don't believe in still scare me sometimes when I think about them. I love that quote. Yeah. I love that quote. That's That sums up, like, so much about, like, my feelings about scary stories. Yes, exactly. It's, uh, I thought it was a really great way to, to explain the difference between, like, genuinely believing in ghosts and then also the fact that it's still, even if you're, if you don't believe in ghosts, it's still okay to be scared of ghosts a little bit, you know? Yeah. And it's still okay to be scared of scary things, even if you logically know that it's you're that you're safe. Then Greaves reassures her that the ballroom is safe because the ghosts he doesn't believe in would never haunt a ballroom filled with bears and music and bright lights. Basically, it ends on this sweet scene that's basically like, as long as you're not in the dark and lonely, like, the ghosts you don't believe in can't scare you. And she's like, yeah, I feel better. And so then they go to the ballroom and they have a great time. And that's the end of the Berenstain Bears in Maniac, Maniac Mansion. Mansion. So Sammy, this is such an involved story. Yes, it, it really is. It has it has kidnapping and it has theft and history, like that great, like, spooky history of old places and this is our first this is our first real exploration of the grizzly family lineage and how it how it is sort of like its stories have reverberated across bear country you know like i said at the beginning i was like this book has everything it's got long lost twins solving a mystery and um dealing with Facing your fears um, versus understanding your fears. I thought it, I liked the repetition of, you know, the ghosts I believe in and the ghosts I don't believe in and what those ghosts would and would not do. Yeah, I really, I really enjoy it. I thought it was, I thought it was a, a fun, a fun book and really cinematic and, and twisty and kind of a great little story. I mean, it, like I said, it got involved and it has a lot of particulars in it that I don't know how <laughs> much it would, a kid would always understand what is going on, but I think it's clear enough and has kind of a good message about facing fears and understanding fears that I really liked. It's like, yeah, we're afraid sometimes. And when we think about what's scary, like we feel scared, but then we can, we can choose to stop thinking about that and have, have fun, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I liked that because it was like, she, she had shivered a little bit and then she was like, yeah, but you're right. It's time to have fun and I'm going to stop worrying about it for now. Well, obviously, this is a uh, one of the big chapter books. It's out of print in paperback form, but you can still buy it uh, at uh, on online at your on whatever ebook retailer you use. It is very purchasable as an ebook, and mm -hmm. it looks great as an ebook. The illustrations look great. Mm -hmm. I think this is one of my favorite big chapter books so far. Yeah, I think it's fun, and you know, I I think I I was thinking about reading this and of course this would be great to read out loud but also if you have a kid who's like an independent reader um mm -hmm. but you know isn't isn't ready for like a big slog of a book i think this is a great it gives it has plenty for them to chew on um, yes you know and it's... think about and look at and so i think it would be a great chapter book to put into the hands of you know if you have a young kid who's like a really a kind of rapid reader um this is a and good it's looking one. for something a something a little a little spine chilling but yes. not too bad yes exactly but you want something that's of a slightly higher literary caliber than say your typical goosebumps novel right because the writing in this is far better i think than in a lot of oh yeah definitely a lot of the chapter books of the era <laughs> definitely um, yeah, yeah there's some there's some real duds out there yeah. um and this this book represents a lot of what I wish more of the chapter books did, which is go into this, explore these different genres mm -hmm. of storytelling. Because I think it's fun for, like, the bears to not just solve mysteries, but to solve, like, gothic mysteries. Right. And, and I mean, now that I think about it, it's like, I because I've been a mystery reader uh, more so than any other genre my whole life. And... Um, and I think that that can probably be traced back to the Berenstain Bears. 
And um, so, you know, I think it's exciting to kind of introduce genre, especially these kind of gothic or, um, you know, soap opera-y, like, you know, shipwrecked twins, very Shakespearean concepts and introduce them in these kind of fun ways that are easy and palatable for for kids um but also really well written too yeah and it's and then when you're if your kid really likes a book like this Mm -hmm. then you can start recommending things that evoke the same feeling right you know and i i would say like if if i had a kid who really i knew a kid who really liked this book i would maybe and was ready for something a little bit more challenging i would hand them like a boxcar children or Mm -hmm. encyclopedia brown maybe yeah you know something like that and so you know it's just it's it, it's a great jumping off point. I agree. Well, speaking of literature, you have a podcast. I do. Uh, that explores a bit of the literary side of things. Will you tell us a little bit about it? Yes. Um, so I co-host a podcast uh, with my friend Bo North. It is called Excessively Diverted. And what we do is... For the most part, we've we've strayed away a little bit from from our declared purpose at times, but um, for the most part, what we do is we watch uh, movies that are modern modern adaptations of Jane Austen novels. Um, so, for example, Clueless is a modern adaptation of Emma. Bridget Jones's Diary is a loose modern adaptation of Pride and Prejudice. Um, and then there, those are the high budget films that we talk about. But uh, there's a lot more out there. A lot of it <laughs> produced by. Uh, the Church of Latter-day Saints. Um, so, <laughs> yes. Um, so we watch these modernizations. Um, we drink a lot of wine. Um, I have behaved myself, but I generally curse like a sailor. Um, <laughs> and uh, we just have a good time. And really, it's just a big love letter to Jane Austen. Um, Bo writes... Jane Austen um, fan fiction and has published a lot of Jane Austen fan fiction. That's how her her career as a romance author has kind of started. And for me, I was a huge uh, Jane Austen um, s- a, uh, academic. Um, so when I was in undergrad, probably the vast majority of my literature degree uh, can be attributed to projects writing about and thinking about Jane Austen. So it's a huge love letter to Austen and to bad romantic comedies and good romantic comedies and all of those <laughs> things. So excessively diverted, long story short. It's a fun show. Check it out. And what's your personal webpage? So my personal webpage is highlyological.net. Um, I had a newsletter uh, called Highly Illogical and I have recently converted it into a whole website. So um, nice. You can find my writing there um, and keep up with all, all the nonsense going on in my brain, all the books I'm reading and all of that. <laughs> Brilliant. And uh, <laughs> and if you want to find us online, we're at berenstainbearcast.wordpress.com. You can find us on Twitter at bstainbearcast. You can find us on Facebook. Uh, or you can write to me at berenstainbearcast at gmail.com if you have anything you want to say. Also, visit our Patreon page, uh, patreon.com forward slash deep in bear country. Sammy. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Phil. This is great. <laughs> it was great. I'm so happy that you were able to come on my show. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and talk about those bears. <laughs> <laughs> those bears. What are they doing? Well, apparently they're being chased by highwaymen. And, uh, <laughs> With riding crops. And falling deep into the pits of their own like uh, strange history i don't understand like where this is going there's so many more of these chapter books i can't imagine what's coming up next oh they gotta get so convoluted oh that's exciting i'm very excited all right and so uh for all of you guys out there we will see you next time deep in bear country <laughs>